Hey everyone, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today we're going to be talking about a vibe session and we're going to be talking about feelings and emotions. So I'll be back on Saturday with a more quantitative piece, but I really wanted to talk about the qualitative aspect of what we're experiencing because honestly, the numbers only go so far in telling the story of what's happening right now. Before I begin, I want to highlight that there's a lot going on. It seems never ending. And I know that it's really hard to even begin to process what is happening all around us. Today, the Supreme Court was like planet Earth goodbye. And it's very difficult. I want to talk about why some of the stuff feels weird and bad in this piece. And I really hope that you're doing okay. The vibe session. All of the central banks had a pretty big hangout the other day where they were essentially like the entire economic regime is shifting from low inflation to whatever this is. Jerome Powell said at the meeting, we understand better how little we understand inflation. And I think that that encapsulates monetary policy and a lot of other things well right now. As Peter pointed out, inflation went from an unknown unknown, which is part of Rumsfeld we don't know what we don't know to a known unknown Rumsfeld's we know what we don't know. The core point is we don't really know what is going on. The only certainty is uncertainty. The only conviction is lack thereof. And the only path forward is with a blindfold. And I know this is unpopular to say, and my TikTok comments call me a fed simp, which I... Yeah. I know it's unpopular, but like, would anybody really know what to do right now? I think a lot of people think they would know what to do. I don't think that anybody could have gotten this right. There's too many variables that are moving too quickly. And Barry Ritzholtz wrote about how to place the inflation blame, highlighting that you can do COVID, Congress, Biden, Trump, consumers, Russian invasion of Ukraine, supply chains, the Fed, wages, home shortages, semiconductors, corporate profit seeking, taxes, crypto. There are so much blame to place on all the things that are going wrong. And yes, there should be blame placed on certain entities. The Fed moved too slow. The Biden administration seems to prefer moving backwards versus forward. And the sheer mismatch of supply and demand led to systems crumbling. There's an element of reality to this. It's really easy for me to say these words and be like, yeah, they were wrong. But it's much harder to live in the reality where they are wrong, where Powell was wrong, where the Fed was wrong, where the ECB was wrong, where Biden was wrong, where Trump was wrong, where people who we trust to make life go a little bit smoother, hopefully through policy, oftentimes make it harder and worse. Powell highlighted yesterday that it would be challenging to tame inflation without triggering a recession. And that has an element of truth at this point. And this is data versus reality. The uncertainty that all this creates is visceral and it shows up in the average person's life in a very painful and prevalent way. It's really simple for me to say, but my guy is like the economic data, but that doesn't recognize the everyday experience of so many people. There's people who are rooting for a recession. There's a lot of people cheering for it, as I talked about in a recent piece, because they think that they can get ahead and they think that we deserve one or they think that we're already in one. And that uncertainty and worry creates a frothy environment because at the margin, there's these layers to the cake. There's how people expect things to be, which are expectations. There's how things are supposed to be, which is economic theory. And then there's how things are, which is reality. When all of those begin to radically differ, that's when people can get upset. What do you mean economic theory is useless? And most of those lines are more art than science. Valuing stocks is just manipulating a multiple. What do you mean? That creates cognitive dissonance because nothing is how it's supposed to be. And people get upset. We've seen that 
and consumer confidence measures where people see the present situation and the future as two very, very different things. And to note, there is a gap in confidence measures. So we aren't even confident in how we measure confidence. So people are like, wow, things are starting to suck. And I think it's going to start sucking a lot more. And they're spending money, but they're pulling back on things like airfare and travel because of the cost. Also, because airlines are understaffed due to the pandemic, it's all this very big loop. But the marginal difference between expectations, theory, and reality feeds into our narrative slash model for how we see the world. And that is where the vibe session comes in. Reality and truth, as shown in this graphic, there's an element of reality to our existence. So policy decisions, manufacturing output, gas prices, et cetera, that cannot be modified by our feeble human minds, at least right now, because it is a capital T truth in the present moment, whether we like it or not. You have to pay for gas. You can't just like go to the gas station and be like, I prefer to pay $3. I think gas is going to be $3. Policy decisions are policy decisions and consumer expectations can shape those decisions, like how inflation expectations influence the Fed dike 75 basis points. But there's an element of concreteness to these in the present moment. But you could theoretically, if if enough people are like, gas should be $3, that could, that could help it get there. <laughs> then there's the interpretation of reality and truth. All of these things generate vibes, scientifically speaking, that do most of the work in determining how we feel. We take experience and evidence and we shape out expectations, which warps our perception and acts as a forcing function for interpretation. And that is how you feel in the most simplistic way possible. And that feeds back into discourse and hat tip to Derek Thompson for suggesting the tributary of discourse for that image, which also influences vibes and thus feelings. And how you feel compounds into how everyone feels, and that is consumer sentiment. As I wrote about last time, consumer sentiment is everything because consumer spending is such an important component of GDP growth. If people have an experience, say living through 2008, and evidence home prices are skyrocketing, that might shape some of their expectations. Another unprecedented event to live through, which shapes their perception that things suck and their interpretation of the future that things will continue to suck, and that shapes their narrative, which can shape reality. So when people are feeling bad, which they are right now, they might pull back on some aspects of spending, which we have seen. Inflation is the boogeyman in the room, and as the Wall Street Journal wrote, expected inflation is in some sense a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people expect it to continue, they might raise prices for their businesses or ask for raises at jobs, fueling continuing price increases. We have to manifest the right vibes. But that's difficult when it seems like everything is falling apart. People like to place blame, it's only human, and they find lots of blame for inflation, the Fed, and the current state of it all. And I think that's the hardest thing about all of this. People want a simple solution for why things are bad. And trust me, I do too. But things are bad and good for many different reasons. It's not as simple as the Fed printing money. Is that a contributor? Of course. Does that lead to other things being bad? Absolutely. It's not that simple. The overwhelming nature of it all creates a vibe session where economically speaking, things are okay-ish, but in reality, the vibes are off. People are feeling bad. It's a vibe session, a period of temporary vibe decline where economic data such as trade and industrial activity are relatively okay-ish. The vibes are off. There's a poem that I really like called The Crunch, and I've been stuck on it for the past few days, and I'm going to read it. <laughs> and this is just a snippet. We are afraid. We think that hatred signifies strength, that punishment is love. What we need is less false education. What we need are fewer rules, fewer police, and more good teachers. We forget the terror of one person aching in one room, alone, unkissed, untouched, cut off, watering a plant alone without a telephone that would never ring anyway. People are not good to each other. 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 And I think that was like really what stuck with me because I've been doing a lot of reflection on the markets, <laughs> which don't do that. Why, why do we like hate each other so much, you know? And that's, it's superhuman for humans to hate each other. Markets are a profit maximizing system. That is the point of all of this. The reason that people feel bad, the reason that vibes are 
off. Part of the reason that people get fired, companies go under, that McKinsey incentivized the opioid crisis. They knew it would kill people, but it would make money. Money is not a moral compass. Even the Goldman Sachs asking in a biotech research report, it's curing patients a sustainable business model. Capitalism is good. Capitalism is bad. It's nuance, of course, but money is the economy and the economy dictates what we do and how we feel and how we go about in the world to a certain degree. So when the vibes are off, when we think about how recessions come about beyond the technical aspects, it makes sense that we would somehow end up with the vibes of a recession, but maybe not the economic reality of one yet. Some of the reasons that the vibes are off is because gasoline and food prices are so high. Energy is the common denominator to everything. When people see high gas prices, they feel bad. It sucks. But as George highlights, there's a difference between high gas prices and a recession. In energy markets, OPEC is struggling to produce more oil with uncertainty if they can even produce more. And U.S. producers are very focused on returning capital shareholders, which prevents them from producing a meaningful amount. And there's also political fallout in Libya, which is preventing production. As John Kemp writes, he has a great energy newsletter that you should subscribe to. The market is already exceptionally tight with shortages becoming critical. And in order to leave that, we need either a massive increase in output or a recession-driven fall in consumption or both. The oil market is confronting policymakers with a menu of options, but each of them carries a high cost in terms of diplomacy, domestic politics, the economy, or all three, making them unpalatable for decision makers. We have to figure out energy. That's what goes into everything. And as many have highlighted, the Fed has very little control over that. But beyond energy, a lot of things are starting to wobble. Life is super expensive. 15% of renters are behind on their payments because of the unsustainable price increases that the average person has faced this year. It's dominoes. The people that can't get a house are going to go back into the rental market, which pushes rental prices up even more, which makes it even more difficult to afford. The Dallas Fed manufacturing index fell, which highlights slowing economic growth as people try to grapple with inflation. There's also midterm muddling where California is fighting, fighting inflation with inflation, which is not good, but from a sentiment perspective, it could provide easing. However, politics are making all of this more confusing as people run for re-election. Will they ignore economic principles and make all of this a little bit worse? But things are getting better. Companies are still very optimistic about the future with net margin expectations at record highs, despite the worries of softening and people spend. Financial conditions have tightened significantly without the Fed doing much, so maybe they won't have to do much. And inflationary pressures are easing. Derek Thompson and Connorson had a really great podcast on like why we're not going into a recession. Companies have excess inventory, shortages are easing, shipping rates are recovering, the labor market is still relatively strong, home prices appear to be rolling over. And the main thing is you, you can say all these things. Like I said all these things and you're probably still like, but me, my life, I know. People are still stressed out. You know, you still have this where people are worried about a recession. And that is the vibe session where it's like, I don't think things are okay. <laughs> the hard part about writing some of this stuff is there's not like a natural conclusion. Like I can't be like, this is what we need to do to fix the vibes. I'm not a policymaker. I just sort of talk about things. There are some ideas that I will discuss in my Saturday piece, but yeah, I mean, the, the main thing is like, there is this intersection of economic badness and bad feelings, and there's a lot more data to point to, but I wanted to get this general idea out about a vibe session where reflexivity, however you want to talk about it, things are feeling bad. People are feeling really bad. And I think that we just like need to acknowledge that most people are not okay right now. And that's stressful and worrying and it creates bad vibes and we enter into the vibe session. So I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Thanks so much for hanging out. If you got, want to um, go ahead and hit subscribe. It really, really helps share with a friend also helps a lot. If you would like, this is on Substack, highlight.substack.com. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere, anywhere really I am there. Uh, but yeah, I sincerely hope you're doing okay. And I'll talk to y'all soon.